Jesus, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. Thank you that it's not just us, it's to the world which you've made. Amen. Do take your seats and um, welcoming the global partners up onto the stage. Um, so here comes Debbie. How do you go that side? Now, instead of our ceremony bit tonight, we're going to just hear some stories from uh, around the world uh, to inspire us and to uh, challenge us as we think about what it means to be those that bear the good news, the good news of Jesus we've been singing about, that story we've been singing about, and how do we take that to every tribe, tongue, and nation? So um, I'm going to introduce, uh, get these guys to introduce themselves. Um, uh, so maybe if, uh, sorry, we've got three global partners, and we've got Hattie here, and Hattie's actually going to be a global partner very, very soon. So we're going to hear a bit about what's been happening around the world, and then we're just going to ask Hattie, Kind of why? Why does she want to go and be a global partner in a very strange part of the world? So we'll come back to you in a minute. Is that okay, Hattie? But anyway, first of all, maybe you could just say which country you're serving in, um, the project you're doing, and maybe your favourite local food, something like that. Debbie. Hi there, everyone. My name is Debbie, and I live in Germany, um, but I, I lead Burn 24-7 Europe. I oversee Europe, so... Um, my geographical location is the continent of Europe. Um, Burn is all about setting fire um, <laughs> with the Spirit of God, seeing churches planted and um, prayer houses, worship houses, just see the fire of God come to people. And um, my favourite local food, that's a difficult one, um, I think beef roulade. Beef roulade, very good. Hello everybody, my name is Annette and I work in the Middle East and we, uh, work, I work there um, with uh, displaced children so we work in child protection and bringing, showing them that somebody cares and showing love to children. Um, my favourite food, difficult one, I would say biryani. Biryani? What's biryani? Just for those of us that don't know, what's biryani? It's basically a rice dish with chicken, and uh, it has also nuts and uh, a lot of specific spices and raisins in it. Well, very good. Sounds delicious. <laughs> My name's Richard. I um, pastor a church in Montpellier um, in France, in southern France, and I also uh, direct um, a coffee bar project with um, about five churches who work together to run this coffee bar to, to reach out to people in the town centre. Um, I also um, head up the town pastoral. That's like the churches together in Montpellier kind of thing. So we, we kind of work to bring churches together, Catholics, Protestants, and that kind of thing. My favourite food, well, I live in the Mediterranean. It's hard. And um, I, love, I love the fish. I love the fish. I love a sea bream or something like that from the Mediterranean with, uh, with rice and plenty of garlic flavoured um, sort of mayonnaise to go with it. And, uh, yeah, you, I could go on, really, but Very I won't. Good. <laughs> right. I, I mean, Hattie, just so you don't feel missed out, uh, kind of, although you've not been a favourite food dish? <laughs> um, I love semolina, is that? <laughs> it's British, I haven't gone yet, so... <laughs> semolina is very, very good. Um, once a year, we have our Global Partners um, Weekend, and it's a chance both to invite people who've 
been part of the church here, who've gone to other countries to share the good news of Jesus, to be back here. And um, there's been different activities happening over the weekend. Uh, we had kind of videos from other global partners from different parts of the world that uh, didn't, couldn't make it back yet, but they, some from uh, Uganda and Kenya and uh, Peru are going to be heading back over the next few, um, uh, few months. So you'll get to see them. But we're going to hear a little about the Middle East, a little bit about Europe uh, this, this evening. But just before we do that, why, why is it that we as a church believe in global mission. Uh, and I suppose for me, uh, we believe in it because that is the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is, is of a God, a God who made us, who knows us, who loves us. Actually, who loves each man, woman, and child that he's ever created. But the world is broken. The world is sad. We, again, when we think about global things ourselves and on the news, kind of if it isn't Ukraine, there's, again, challenges around yeah, the World Cup this year and human rights. There's things about Rwanda and kind of sending uh, kind of uh, people there. And you're thinking, ah, oh, there's just so much in our world that uh, causes pain and heartache and, and sadness. And, and God has been a God who's always wanted to move into our world to rescue, to redeem, to heal, to give hope. Uh, and whether it started off in, in Genesis with, with Abraham, and you know how uh, God wanted to, to bring uh, blessing, good, to every person in the world. And he, he started off with someone, somewhere, and that someone was Abraham. And it says this, he gives this promise to Abraham. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. Actually, God wanted his blessing to come through people. There's that chance of blessing, that chance of opportunity, the chance of good news. And so we see through the, the Bible, there's, there's people that God always sent. He sent Moses to, uh, to Pharaoh. He sent Jonah uh, to, to Nineveh. He sent them to, to the people who weren't part of his people, that they might know good news they might know about God and of course Jesus was the person who was the sent the sent one sent into our world uh, not just with a message but to incarnate what it meant to be God loving forgiving healing restoring and Jesus who comes again on a mission to earth when he then sets up his church his church from the day of Pentecost was always going to be a church that was a mission church there were always going to be a church that were blessed people who then went on to bless every man, woman, and child. In fact, Jesus says, this good news, I want you to go to every tribe, every tongue, every nation. They need to hear about me, Jesus. And wait in Jerusalem, I'm going to pour out my spirit, and then you, you will. You will be those that witness. You will be those who are missionaries. You'll be witnesses to those in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part, parts of the world. And that's why this evening we want to hear about people who, again, they're just fulfilling that Bible story, the Bible story that was for, for everyone who knows the Lord Jesus. When we encounter that love, when we encounter that blessing, of course we should be a blessing. Of course we should reach out. Of course we should share about Jesus. And that's what these folks have chosen to do. And maybe as you listen this evening, maybe there's something in your heart that God's saying to you. Could you be those, one of those that is a a mission person. Maybe it's in this country, but actually maybe this evening God's going to be speaking to some of you. And maybe like these folk here, maybe God might say to you that good news, the place for you to be a blessing, 
the place for you to honour Jesus may be in a different country. It may be having to do with learning a different language, maybe a different kind of culture. But there's something about your love for Jesus, the love for his kingdom. There's something about the passion that God has for every man, woman, and child, whichever ethnic background, whatever culture they belong to, they deserve to know about Jesus, to find him and to hear him. So we're going to hear some kind of stories about what that looks like on the ground um, in uh, the Middle East, in uh, Germany and France. And then we're going to hear about what it means for us to be those that, kind of whatever age we are, we're we're responding uh, to that call. So, um, yeah, it would be great just to hear a little bit about, on the ground, what it means to be a global partner, what it means to to see God at work. So I, I wonder whether... Um, there's any stories of faith in this past year that, uh, in your different context that you could share? I don't know, Richard, do you want to, we'll pass the microphone back this way. Uh, no, if you start off, yeah, okay. kind of what, what do you think, uh, yeah, just a little brief story of faith to encourage people about what God's been up to. Well, um, we started with uh, COVID a few years ago, I think you'll remember that, and um, coming back to the coffee bar that I spoke of uh, earlier, uh, obviously that relies on selling coffee and selling tea and stuff like that to function. We get some money from churches, from the churches for that, but it's not completely financed by them. And obviously shutting everything down meant we weren't getting any money coming in. And the rent is, uh, is fairly expensive. Um, obviously this lasted for a month or two and we thought it'll be okay, but then it went on and on and on. Then we realised there was, there was going to be a problem. So uh, I went to see the, um, the landlord and said, you know, what can we do? We just can't carry on paying at this, at this rate. And he said, well, pay what you can, pay what you can, and we'll, um, but you will still owe the money. You'll still have, to, still have to pay it back. Maybe in a year or two's time, we'll see if we can do something, but um, just pay what you can. And uh, so that's what we did. Uh, so we were able to keep going for a couple of years. At the end of the couple of years, December, uh, the man said to me, that issue of the money you owed, just forget it. It's um, it's gone. We're going to we're going to write it off, and you can start this new year afresh. Um, so, <laughs> thank God for that. It's a, we we survived by God's grace, and we're still there because many many works like that didn't actually in France. It was very very tough. So I'm really grateful to to God. We always believed it would make it, but it was difficult to see how it would for quite a bit of that um, bit of that time. Great. Yeah. Pray for him. He's a Catholic, Monsieur Jambon. Bless him. He's a, he's a great guy. Very good, Mr. Jambon. Is that Monsieur Jambon. Wait, not, Mr. Not, ham. Not Very ham. Good. No, no. It's, <laughs> it's spelled with an N. It's not. It's not quite okay. the same. But it's, it's almost that. <laughs> um, Sounds like that. Yeah. <laughs> Annette, what about the Middle East? I think I said earlier we are about to bring hope. Um, I just want to share a story of hope. I think um, it's uh, about a, a young man who's 18 now. And he uh, fled um, because of war, and he came in one of our centers for a couple of years, four or five years, I think. Um, And he said, what I've learned when I came to your center and through the staff is I've learned to love people, and um, I've learned that because they believed in me that I could do things, I started to believe in myself. And he went back to where he originally came from, and he said, I saw so much destruction and so many children that were so, so sad. And he said, I was able, I really felt and understood how they felt because I was like that before. And he said, I was able to actually help them and share with them what I had learned uh, through our work. And uh, that was uh, very, very encouraging, I think, that he passed on what he'd learned. Amazing. 
Thanks for that. What about in there for you, Kevin? Some of you know that I've been based in Berlin for 13 years, and um, so I, my story just in this past year has been about relocation. And I always knew that Berlin would be a long season, but I, and I knew, but I knew I wouldn't. It wouldn't be forever. And um, but it also came in a very unexpected way. And I was just wondering, actually, it's possible that for some of you out there, um, God might very suddenly shift you. But he he's fully trustworthy along the way. So what happened is I had um, accommodation, a normal apartment that I was sharing with people, and then someone moved out. Other people moved in. And, um, and then um, through COVID, uh, like a significant financial income or like resource disappeared. And I realized straight away when I got the phone call, um, I would have to move out. I wouldn't be able to um, live there anymore. So the minute that happened, um, some friends knocked on the door and they had a, an Airbnb apartment that they couldn't rent out under COVID. So there was provision straight away, but also transitioning into what God had for me. And he transitioned me into the south of Germany, into a new community, where I, just through various contacts with uh, national German prayer leaders who invited me into their, co- into their context. And it was just and into their sort of family, their wider family. And he really provided in so many ways. Brilliant. Excellent. And what... Um I think one of the things we think around um, what COVID's done, and, and again, with the kind of things like Ukraine and cost of living increase, actually, it kind of robs us of our, any sense of, of joy and sometimes a sense of hope. Um, and there's something about the, the, this kind of the blessing of God that we bring. Um, I just wonder, kind of, yeah, for you personally or in the context that you are, um, what do you think kind of brings you joy? A joy that actually then kind of isn't just on the circumstance around about you, but what brings you joy? Again, if you start off, Debbie, and we'll head back down the line. I think the joy of the Lord, well, the Bible's clear, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and so it's actually very important to stay in the joy and have the joy of the Lord. So for myself, um, following the presence of God, whether that's drinking very good coffee or, um, (laughs) but in his, his presence, sometimes it's meant uh, meeting a particular person or doing sport, but um, it's all about his presence and living from that. What, uh, hmm. what do you mean by, by that? Well, kind of practically, what, what do you mean? If you say following God's presence releases joy. Uh, yeah. I think the people that, that, there's some people here that, that kind of maybe new to church, kind of hmm. uh, that kind of language, maybe slightly hard for them to understand. Yeah. Just kind of practically, what might that look like? I think people... Um, Obviously, we're made all differently, and so some, for some people, it might look like spending time in prayer and worship. That's, that's very much um, what I love to do. Also, marinating in the Word of God. That's really what I mean by all of that. So, Annette, what about for you? Finding a joy again in a war-torn country. Uh, yeah, what, how, how do you find the joy of the Lord and uh, see that around? To be very honest, I think it is very, very difficult, actually, to answer that question. I find it difficult. But I think what I've learned over the years I've been there, it's a very dark place, <clears throat> is that um, the disappointments and the sadness and, uh, you know, all the bad things that happen, they become part of who you are and they become part of being content and knowing that it's about knowing to, that I am where God wants me to be and... Um, so I think that that whole journey and knowing where I am and that I 
I'm obeying God, it gives joy in itself. But it's, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, okay. And for you, Richard, kind of, how do you encounter joy? Well, France is a not an easy place to present the gospel sometimes. But I think what really gives me joy is to see. Um, someone come to faith and uh, to see them change and see them um, develop. Uh, there was a particular thing recently which touched me a lot. Uh, at the beginning of Chetay or the coffee bar, there was a young lady who came along and did an alpha course with us and she came to faith. Um, I'm not sure whether it was because she was Catholic and she was completely converted on the alpha course or at least the alpha course brought her to a real live faith and encounter um, with God. And that was quite a few years ago, and I've seen them develop over the years. Um, very fond of her. And uh, um, just uh, recently, as we were coming out of COVID um, this, this, this very year, um, it's been tough, actually. It's been tough just getting the whole machine going again. And she came up to me and said, uh, Richard, I've got a project. I want to do um, a whole month in Chateau of, of exhibition, of activities on the beauty of creation, on, on ecology. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool because I'm interested in that sort of thing. But there was another part of it that said, oh, no, more work, more work, more, more stuff to actually do. But being a good leader, I just said to her, well, that, sound, that, sounds, that sounds great. What do you want me to do? Um, yeah, how can I help? And she said, oh, nothing. I've, I've got it sorted. I've got it, I've got, I've got it all together. Um, she actually got me to do a conference on uh, God is the ecologist. Uh, that, was, that was very interesting. But that's, that, 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 that I can do. I, I, was, I was just so blessed by the fact that she just matured to that point where she took on the project, she made it happen, she made something, uh, something move, and that, that was a strange sense of joy and happiness that, that I didn't find myself with a great difficulty of trying to nurse her through it. She got it, she got it, she got it sorted. Yeah, it was wonderful. It's amazing when, when, when kind of you invest people and when they kind of think, oh yeah, well, actually I, I can do this, and you've released a, another generation, which is... Um, Brilliant stuff, isn't it? Pray, pray uh, for her because she's going through a tough time at the moment. Right. Okay. Just if you, I won't name her, but she's since there's been something quite hard happened. Yeah. So just think yeah. about her. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, just before we talk to Hattie, if um, I mean some people here may may think about going, um, but if even if they didn't, kind of praying is something we want to try and encourage everyone to do. Um, and if there was something that you think was maybe a, a a need at the moment within the ministry you're involved with, within the communities that you're trying to serve, uh, so that we can be praying. Uh, yeah, what would be a need? Yeah, Richard. Well, what? yeah, it's pretty straightforward for us. We need um, a coffee bar manager for, for Chateau. Um, it's just, um, as I said, it's at a time when we're really trying to get everything going. So um, you could maybe pray for that. Maybe there's someone here that might actually... Um, apply to. That's not really a short-term mission opportunity, that's more of a kind of medium-term term thing. Uh, really, we need someone to come in and actually manage this place and make it work really well. I, I just can't do it all, and uh, I actually think there will be there's probably someone who could be much better at this um, than I would be. could be someone from France, it could be someone here, it could be a couple here that want to come out and, uh, and do something uh, like that, so um, pray about that, and if that's prompting your heart, don't hesitate to come and talk to me afterwards. Annette. I have two things, really. Um, one is, I think it is prayer. Um, I, think, I think it's prayer for uh, God to raise up people of peace, people who have integrity and people who have compassion in the country where I work, um, where there's a great lack of that. 
Um, and secondly, there are enormous needs and there's never enough money. So I think funding is another issue that we, is really an acute need. I've got an amazing um, Burn Europe core team and um, just a prayer for strategy would be really great. Um, I've also got incredible Burn family in places like Thessaloniki and Madrid who are running internships for three, six or nine months. So if anyone's interested, we'd love to know. So that's an internship around prayer and worship. And, and church, planting church planting and prayer room stuff, yeah. Brilliant. Um, You've sat there very nicely and uh, listened. But uh, actually, we'd really love to just to hear from you. Um, again, m many of the uh, people who come to the 7pm service uh, will be young adults. Uh, I was speaking at their weekend away at, uh, up in Ledbury, and Debbie was one of the young people that was part of that when I said that I was there uh, 28 years ago, uh, leading and speaking there. Debbie was actually there as one of the young people at, who was then a, a teenager. Uh, that, uh, again, through those things, God spoke to you. But, Hattie, can you just tell us a bit about your story, about kind of why is in life you've decided that come September, you're going to leave these shores and you're going to do some training and there's going to be some, yeah, global mission going on for you. Yeah, yeah. For me, um, my, my journey has been a long time coming um, and I don't feel this is the next step, but there's plenty more still to come. Um, I had the privilege of going to a lot of summer conferences when I was growing up and just hearing stories of people sharing um, from what God is doing overseas like really hit somewhere deep within me and really brought life to me. And I just thought, wow, there's people who go and do this stuff. I could do that too. Um, it was quite a simplistic um, teenage faith that just said, yeah, great, sign me up. <laughs> and when I was 18, I felt God had put Brazil on my heart. Um, so I went out to Brazil for about six months, and that was my first experience of just going uh, solo, just going out to join a Brazilian family, live out there, didn't know the language, didn't know the culture, was in the middle of nowhere, and uh, just allowing God to meet me in that place and if you haven't ever been out of your comfort zone in a place like that and allowed God to come and and just minister to you it's it's such a special thing and I'd really recommend it um and from there I did think a little bit like wow that's it right I'm not going back to the UK <laughs> I'm gonna stay here uh, God had other plans and he wanted to train me and equip me um in more ways than just that um I did come back to the UK I did the new wine um, internship year and during that year we had a guy who came from the Middle East um, who was ministering out there and just shared about how um, unreached people groups how many there are around the world and how much of a need there is um, in those parts particularly for women to minister to women men to minister to men um, and just you know in comparison to so many countries where there are loads of churches Middle Eastern regions um, there's just yeah such a difference there and it just struck something in me kind of maybe more of a pragmatic logistical part of me that was like well they need more people there so okay <laughs> um, there wasn't really much deeper than that other than sure um, so then I went to university I changed my degree so that I could study Arabic and Portuguese bonkers combination great fun and uh, really enjoyed four years doing that got the opportunity to then study abroad studied in Morocco for a year um, and just loved it and was growing in that and I thought that I'd go from university 
great, trained in language and then go straight away, but that's not how it's panned out. Um, and so kind of wrestling with working out, okay, when is the timing, Lord? If it's not now, then how can I equip myself to be ready for the next stage? Um, it's really as simple as that. <laughs> Just like, okay, what can I do next? So started working in primary schools, was up in Leeds at the time, moved to Bristol to be part of community, um, and been training in counselling and then also preparing now to go overseas and be part of an organisation going. Um, so just equipping myself and it feels like now the doors are open. So that's why I'm here now. <laughs> Amazing. And why... I mean, if there's people here who think, actually, like you, they've got the whole life ahead of them, in some ways there's love for Jesus, love for his kingdom, and there's their life's ahead of them. I mean, why would you think they should consider, like you, maybe going abroad is something that they, they should be doing? Um, yeah, well, like I said, like just stepping out of your comfort zone, I, I feel that I think after I've been in the UK for a while, I'm like, I, I forget what it's like um, to be in other places and to allow God to speak in. And when you're in your comfort zone, don't know about you guys, but I can often feel like I've got control on my life and how it's working. And uh, there's something in me that wants that kind of rawness of like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I want God to step into that. And a verse that's just been really coming up a lot over the last year is in Hebrews. It says, he who promised is faithful. And whether you take that from um, the promises of the Bible and just scripture like you were sharing about Abraham, the promises that we will be people who go out and uh, into the nations, um, or whether you feel that that's a promise, a real specific calling of something God's really directly ministered to you in your own life, they're promises and God is faithful. So we just take steps and I'd encourage anyone to say, okay, what's the next step? He's going to be faithful. What's the promise that I need to just kind of walk into next? Hattie, that's amazing. And like for these guys here who, for some of them many years ago, made that kind of choice. Again, just really kind of brave and courageous. think I'm going to go to a, an Arab country, a woman with kind of white skin and blonde hair. And actually, with all that that entails, and yet there's something about your love for Jesus, there's something about your passion for his kingdom that you're making that kind of life choice. So, again, that's I mean, it's fantastic to, to, to um, get, get to know a bit about your story. And, and I suppose as we come to, to, to finish, um, I don't know how in just listening to people this evening, um, maybe for yourself, hearing about things that go on in other countries of the world, whether you've ever felt uh, that sense of, of, of passion, of being moved, of being challenged, that actually there could be something from this, this world that we've got here, actually there could be something for me to engage with, something for me to, to pray for regularly, some, a place where maybe I can give regularly, maybe you can't do anything more than pray and give, but like these guys have said, actually the, the needs in some of these areas are intense. Maybe we think we've got a cost of living crisis here, but in some of these places actually it's literally going to be uh, fighting for their lives. And, but for some it is about, about going. And um, we just felt this evening, maybe in just hearing something, we want to give the Holy Spirit a chance to maybe provoke you. Maybe like Dave was saying earlier, just to go on a little short-term mission trip to Poland to help with the Ukrainian visa situation. Maybe it is that you've one of the global partners. Maybe you'd like to head down to Montpellier or over to Germany. Maybe it is that you think, actually, I'll just, go, just to put myself in that context like Hattie did in, in Brazil. And who knows what God can speak to you. And maybe just for some of you, you feel your heart slightly moved that 
just maybe there's something in my future that might involve a different country, a different language, a different people. Knowing what it is to be blessed by God here, to go somewhere and be a blessing. Um, and we're going to take a chance to pray, but just before we do that, uh, just kind of one last, I've said to these guys, they could have just one last moment to, if they could say something to a couple of hundred people here, um, from their perspective as global partners, what, what would they say? So we'll pass the microphone kind of back down that way. Is that okay? Yeah. Whatever you do, whatever happens, just keep your, um, Jesus as your first love. Somebody told me once, um, many years ago, um, everybody who knows Jesus is a missionary, and everybody who doesn't know Jesus is a, is a mission field. So wherever you are, there is a, a, yeah, you can be obedient. Amen. I'll just echo that in saying that Tim shared uh, earlier that the big story of the Bible is actually about mission. And um, the Bible, in fact, invites all of us to play. He invites us all to join in, whether it be going overseas or whether it be um, staying here. You're, you're all missionaries, you're all global partners. And as Tim said, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting experience to go overseas and do something, even if it's just short term, it kind of boosts that. But yeah, each one of you, you're missionaries, actually. Cool. Um, yeah, just to say that calling doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be writing on the wall in a bam moment. It can just be what God's put in you and you, what you've got in your hands, and you give that back to God. Brilliant. We're going to take a chance to um, to pray, and um, I'm not. I'm not, yeah, I'm not quite sure for you this evening what you have felt as we've been praying maybe as, even as we were singing those worship songs again just some of the kind of the great drama of the story that is Jesus' story the story that is to rescue every person from every tribe every culture every language group every ethnicity and whether just this evening there's just something in your heart that you think maybe I ought to do something about it maybe I ought to just find out about another country maybe I ought to just commit to praying. Maybe join the first Monday of the month. Join the global prayer time. Maybe it is that you feel that actually some of the, the money that you're earning at the moment, maybe sacrificially it should be going to a mission project. But, but maybe for some of you it might be that, yeah, you just think, I, I need to. I need to go. I need to be courageous and bold. I need to take a step out of my comfort zone. And what I'd just like to say as we, as we pray now is that if for any of those things, you feel that this evening is a moment where you want to say yes to, to God, yes to Jesus because of his life. Yes, no matter what the cost. And for some people, it costs everything. I was reading this, this week about Joan of Kent. Does anybody know Joan of Kent? She was, lived in the 1500s, and she used to smuggle Bibles in English under her dress so that it couldn't be found. And she eventually was found out, was burnt at the stake, but she just, she loved Jesus so much. A woman who thought people needed to hear about Jesus in their own language. They needed the Bible in English. People in this country who uh, used to go to Africa with all their belongings packed in a coffin because they knew in all likelihood within six months they'd be dead. But because of Jesus, because of his kingdom, they knew that they had to take the good news to other countries. And I wonder if you this evening would like to say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I want to pray, I want to give, maybe I want to go. I wonder, just as a little sign to Jesus, that you're 
serious about that. I wonder whether you'd just like to stand and maybe get these guys to stand as well because they're doing it. But should we just do that? If you feel it's still prompted, just why not, not stand as, as we pray now? God so loved his world that he gave. And for many of us, there seem this chance to say to Jesus, yes, I want to, to give some time, some prayer, some money, my holiday vacation, actually maybe my career, my life. And God, I just thank you so much for the people who've stood here now just to recognize that you're speaking to them, recognize that there's a response that is needed. Thank you, you know their hearts. Thank you, God, you know there's a world, different cultures, different languages, that desperately need to hear about you. Pray for that Pentecostal power that sends us to every tribe, tongue and nation. Descend on us, I pray. Amen. I wonder if you can, if just everyone could stand as well. And, and what we're going to do is, um, uh, Debbie has, has bought um, 100 boxes of matches. Debbie, what's that a sign of? Um, going and starting a fire, just spreading the fire of the love of Jesus wherever you are. So I've just got symbolically... Um, some matches which are going to be I think at the front um, on one side it's got a ship because um, we're blown by the wind of the Holy Spirit on the other side it says come Holy Spirit because we're leaning on him and relying on him if you just think you'd like to take a prophetic sign away that you want to be a fire starter the fire of the kingdom then as we're singing this worship song why don't you come and uh, the, 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 the global partners we've spoken to Hattie will be over that side there why not just come get a little box of matches to say yeah I want to be the one of those that sets a fire for the kingdom wherever it is this country another country why don't you do that and if, if you would like one to pray for you particularly if you stood up and thought I just, I'd love the one to pray for you then, then do that so let's worship together um if you want a, a little prophetic sign that from what you've heard and how you've responded to take a box of matches as a kind of prayer symbol, then, uh, then do that. And if you'd like some prayer from any of these guys, uh, come that way. But let's worship God together.